Welcome to LilyPod episode 102, Emotion and Energetic State, What Creates It? Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another inspirational episode on LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are advanced certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed towards single adults and later married couples blending families. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. In this episode, we are deep diving into the middle two letters of our FCBO model. And to learn more about our FCBO model, listen to episode 11 when we first introduce it, and also episode 101, the episode right before this, and episode 103 right after this to deep dive into each portion of the model. Now, the episode today is going to focus on emotion and energy. So the emotion we feel it like and the an energy we carry throughout each day, what creates it? Um, and just dive in with us um, to learn more about how to elevate your energy and to improve your mood most of the time. And I, I'd like to start with this uh, short little scripture that we reference very often from Second Nephi chapter 2 verse 25. Men are that they might have joy. And this is part of our purpose here on earth is to have and to hold more joy. And we can show you how in this episode. Right. And also with uh, coaching, if you want more personalized assistance. Now I want to say something just kind of a parenthetically. Um, Kathy, what's the name of Camille Kennard's podcast? Wellness, uh, wisdom. wellness, wellness, wisdom, wisdom. That's right. Okay. <clears throat> Camille is a friend of ours and she has a podcast with a hundred or so episodes where she talks about how we eat and how we take care of our bodies and how that can make us healthier and happier and so forth. We believe in, in that. Absolutely. Uh, I've been listening to her podcast. I think it's wonderful. Right. And, and so when we're talking about this and we will say things like, uh, our thoughts drive our emotions and some might come back and say, well, our food drives our emotions too. Or our uh, amount of sleep or, right. you know, any number of things that affect our well-being. Right. And, and so by saying the things we're saying about our thoughts, we're not excluding the other beneficial things that can help to lift our mood. And, and in fact, we want to encourage you to be choosers about those things as well as, as your choice of specific thoughts. Um, you know, I mean, one thing I have decided to do, uh, after my son passed away is I wanted to approach it with strength. And one way to approach it with strength, uh, has been trying to exercise every day. Specifically for mental health. Right. And that, that creates an incredible mood lift 
and has really been a, a lifesaver for me. Now that began with a thought. It wasn't that the thought permeated my being. And I mean, I guess the thought of approaching it with strength did. No, it did for sure. Uh, but also the thought that I can choose exercise instead of laying in bed depressed and I can choose it. And so, well, and yes, and every good choice that we make to support our body in feeling good is a thought as well. Right. The when So when we're talking about the FCBO model, this is specifically for thought work. We're not saying this is the only important factor in the way we feel. Of course, how we feel physically is going to be a an important factor too. Yep. And it's an, uh, it's a tool. It's a tool that it's a tool. you can put in your toolbox and not all tools are needed for the same things. Right. But I do think it's an overall tool that kind of helps other tools work more effectively too, because it all starts in our mind is the, you know, with the choices that we're going to make right, and how we're going to feel. Now, um, energy and emotion are closely linked and we kind of, consider them ex exchangeable in the model. I mean, there's two E's and we don't really have a specific order necessarily um, because, uh, but there are d differences in how they manifest, even though they're similar. And so that can make a difference in how we treat them. And so that's why we have the two E's rather than one E. Now, energy, it, the way, like kind of just in my own words, energy is a vibration we carry throughout our day. Um, it's in constant flux. Uh, when I say that my most important job every day is to be in a place of feeling good, that that's like my priority every day, maintaining a high vibration is exactly what that means for me. It means making it easier um, to tell empowering stories and to enjoy and share positive and uplifting feelings with other people. Um, and that's, and it just naturally comes. It's like, I, I walk in my studio and my students are here and I have a big smile on my face and I'm happy to see them and they can feel that. Right. Um, you know, just, you know, that's one example. Um, Another way I would kind of describe this to our audience energy. is, yes, is like I was doing EMDR therapy and, you know, my therapist would bring up certain things that were painful or sensitive and, and then she would say, uh, how does that make you feel? And I'd say icky or whatever. And she'd say, all right, where is that feeling in your body? And I would have to think about it and, okay, it's in my chest or it's in my stomach or, you know, whatever mm. it was. So it was a physical and, manifestation <clears throat> of the energy you were carrying. And she would, is that right? Yes. And she would refer to that as stuck energy and I think when we think about being stuck, it's important to realize that sometimes we're stuck. Uh, our energy is stuck because of emotional um, problems, like maybe we've been shoving some thought or feeling down for a long time because we're afraid of it. Mm. And and well, uh, and it could also be stuck subconsciously, um, like from the past. Like you said, EMDR can help with that. I I also do Jinshin Jitsu. And that's uh, the ancient Chinese form of acupuncture is acupressure. And Jinshin Jitsu acupressure moves energy in the body. And it helps sync up the places that can sometimes get disconnected or a little discombobulated. And um, so I'm a big uh, advocate for myself in doing energy work. 
um, to to help elevate that um, in addition to thought work. Right. And I think thought work can help to move our energy. Like I was talking to, well, early on when I was first divorced, I was talking to a friend of mine. And this example is actually in our book, Intentional Courtship. But good guy, um, really, I think, had one of the worst divorce stories I had ever heard. Um, and But he was very, very negative. I mean, he would describe his ex-wife in very negative terms. He would describe his ex-wife's new husband in very insulting and you know, pessimistic kinds of So he had terms. some big stories around his divorce. Right. And, and this was, you know, 12, 13 years ago or something. And I can only tell you, he is still telling those same stories to anyone who will listen more than a decade later. And, and it's every conversation with him ultimately comes back and to that. Is it because it's the worst <clears throat> divorce story ever? Like, as in stories he's telling, or is it the facts that he's telling the stories about that created this 10 year and plus cycle of um, being in pain? I think that the facts, uh, anyone, almost any human being would be in pain over them. But I think the story he told, the interpretation, the context that he tried Maybe to Maybe even the it, focus. The focus, and the focus was... I think with some radical acceptance, you know, I mean, I had a brother that died of cancer. It didn't mean I had to be miserable the rest of my life. It was a fact. I couldn't change it. It was painful. It sometimes still is. Wait, are you saying he <clears throat> needed radical acceptance to shift it? I'm saying he needed radical acceptance to shift it and move on with his life according to the facts of life that existed at that time and making the best judgments he could about what would serve him. Mm. And so, but, but he had a lot of stuck energy <clears throat> around how he had been done wrong by his former wife and still does as far as I can tell. So emotion and energy, what creates it? I think in that case, the stuck energy was created by the emotions, which were created and perpetuated by the stories mm. he was adopting. And in our and last episode, yeah, and in our last episode we talked about stories and how <clears throat> important it is to separate them out from the facts of our lives and choose them intentionally and and consciously. Now, um, emotion uh, to kind of define it again in my own words, it's simply energy in motion. Have you ever heard that that Yep. Emotion is energy in motion. So it's like the stuff we feel in our gut, the stuff we feel in our body, the stuff we kind of feel in that energy vibration that's just come kind of all over us and around us. Um, the emotion is that energy in motion to emote is to express feelings both inside and outside of ourselves. Our feelings are generally identified by using one word. Um, and there's a long list of words. There's hundreds and hundreds of feeling words, but we kind of all, often our vocabulary is like limited to five or 10 or something, you know, like we don't, we're not very good at naming them. And so I think when we can get good at naming our feelings, 
we do a better job at allowing them rather than being scared of them and trying to avoid them. Right. Um, we can also get to the root of our stories when we recognize what we're feeling and curiously figure out what stories are creating those feelings rather than just being a victim of our feelings. Right. Because what we do, what we do want to do is we want to get that energy in motion. <clears throat> One way of doing this, and, and this is related. Because otherwise to, it stays stuck in our body, right? Right. A another way that's kind of related to thought work is, is mindfulness. And I don't want to get too off the track on this, but if we can learn to see our emotions that as sort of like weather, because they change all the time, right? If a dark storm cloud passes over us, accept that it's there, allow yourself to feel it and watch it drift on by. And, and ultimately that's going to serve you better than, and I have some personal experience with anxiety and all that too. Well, and then naming these... it allows it to like go through that process and process it. Right. And, and that is much better for us, much, it creates more peace in our life than these repetitive thought patterns uh, that we get stuck in that where we keep telling ourselves how bad things are. Well, and you know, the answer to the question in the, the title of our episode, energy and emotion, what creates it? Um, you know, as we've talked about, that's the stories we're telling about the facts of our lives. And I also wanted to mention that more recently, I discovered that the opposite can also be true. The vibration of our energy and the emotions we feel can affect our mind and our ability to produce perspectives that are in our highest good. And that's where if we're chronically depressed or anxious, we want to get good help, medical help, maybe some medication that helps our brain function in a way that can empower us to choose more empowering perspectives that can elevate our emotions and our energy. Now, it doesn't mean that's like the only fix. Again, it's just a tool, but it's an important tool if you have an imbalance in your body. Right. That can be causing an ability to see a more elevated perspective. Right. And the thought work that we're talking about or the, the energy and emotion, you know, it all does go back ultimately to thought work. Um, we're trying to show you too, though, that there are other dimensions of this that help like mindfulness and meditation and things like that uh, can really be helpful in, you know, m helping you to get that energy moving again, instead of having it stuck. And the you'll notice it's stuck when you have repetitive thought patterns and so forth that are kind of self-defeating and pessimistic and, you know, horribleizing. You know, Jeff, I think that we've all experienced times when our emotions and our energy gets stuck. Especially mid-singles, I think we, it's almost natural and normal to go through a period where you feel stuck and all you can think about or talk about is your ex and what they did to you and, you know, every conversation ultimately comes back to that. And... Well, and that stems from not being able to really get it away from it in our own minds. 
Right. It's and, that repetitive thought pattern. And then it causes this continual energy and emotion that's just really stuck. So we're going to now talk about elevating emotion and energy. And let me let me say just one little thing to preface what you're about to do, because I, I love this part of, of this podcast. But I want to, you know, I want to bring up Tony Robbins because he often says, and I, this is one thing he says that I completely agree with that emotions are kind of where it's at, that, that we do almost everything we do because we want to feel certain things. Mm. We want a good relationship because we want to feel loved and we want to feel, you know, happy inside. We want a better career because we want to feel fulfillment or we want more money. uh, And we feel that that having the more money would help us feel safe and secure. And so really, emotions are a big part of what we're striving for in life. And so I I think what we've talked about up to now, uh, of course, is an important foundation for that. We separate our fact, the facts from our stories about the facts and realize that we can adopt a more supportive story. It has to be one we can believe, but uh, we can adopt a more supportive uh, story we believe unsupportive stories all the time that are probably less true right. than than more supportive stories because you know we know that we're God's children and we have divine potential. Uh, so if so I think they're all believable. It's just if it doesn't feel comfortable at first, keep at it. Well, I mean, some of them aren't believable. You could say, "I'm going to believe that tomorrow I'm going to win the lottery," or you know, tomorrow somebody's going to show up at my door misdelivering a package and that's going to be my soulmate. You know, there's well, things like that. Yeah, think. you're right. I That's not what I mean, though. I'm talking about things that are supportive to our divine nature. Sure. Are, I think, generally going to be more in harmony with God's truth about us than Satan's, adver- you know, the adversary's attempts to thwart our minds, which he's been doing since the beginning of this world. Right. So anyway, um, so let's talk about elevating emotion first, and then we'll talk about elevating energy because there's things we can do for each that are different. And that's why we've got the two E's. So elevating emotion, sometimes we might require mood stabilizers, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, you, you know, you, you name it. There's a lot out there to help when we are imbalanced in our bodies. We can also benefit from diet changes or exercise, and that's big um, because sometimes we might be sensitive to a certain food and keep eating it, either knowing or not knowing that it affects our brains and the way we think and the way then therefore the way we feel. Um, as Jeff mentioned, exercise is has been important for him to stabilize his mood um, after the loss of his son, which... Releases endorphins, uh, which, by the way, is the same as comfort food. Like, so if you've done any research into like physical health, um, you'll find that the endorphins we get from comfort food and, you know, those those foods that can be addictive, but they're not good for us. uh, Give um, we get the same endorphins from exercise, so it can actually naturally help us eat better. Um, and feel better without all the extra calories. Right. I was going to throw in there too, uh, with 
my exercise program and uh, thought work and certain other things, I've, I've actually been able so far to deal with my son's death without uh, resorting to antidepressants. Now, I don't want anyone to take from that that I'm against antidepressants. I am not. I think there are situations where you absolutely need to go there and do that. Uh, in, in my situation, I've been able to, through these other lifestyle things, help to, to uh, avoid that because it's a very real thing. Those in, The endorphins that Kathy just mentioned, that's a real thing that can, can lift your mood. And then I think going back to work and trying to approach life from a position of strength uh, helps too. Now, I didn't in any way um, try to shove down the pain or avoid internalizing it or, or you know, and avoid experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know. Yeah, because we would never encourage you not to feel your feelings. Yeah, I mean, just this morning in the bathtub, you know, I um, had a thought that kind of made me break down a little bit and that's okay. You know, that's a good thing. But, uh, when you mean to feel your feelings, to feel my, my feelings about it and, and with the understanding or the elevating thought that this pain comes from love and then it becomes kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Sanctified. Beautiful. All right. So I actually maybe just wanted to also add to what Jeff just said about um, exercise being possibly something that could be instead of an antidepressant. I think that even if you need antidepressants, even if you need medical uh, interventions, that it's still important to do the other things. Right. That Because it's not the only tool. Right. There are times uh, and situations where you may have a chemical thing going on in your brain. Uh, and, and it's not that you aren't trying to do the other things like exercise and thought work, but you need to establish enough control first for those other things to work. And so there are times when you do absolutely need to use medications. And that's what they're here for. By the way, there's a there's kind of a cultural undercurrent among church members that says we don't need to use uh, medications for mental health. That you know the power of the priesthood and our our religious practices will elevate us enough. And Elder Holland actually gave a talk somewhat recently about that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He absolutely said, look, if I had appendicitis or some other serious illness, I would obtain a priesthood blessing and also get the best medical care available. So by me and saying, also exercise and also do these things that we're talking about on the podcast, I think it's I think what he's saying is don't do one thing, do all the things. Right. I mean, by the time, you know, at the time my son died, I was emotionally in a good place leading into that. And so I was able to continue without using antidepressants, but that isn't going to be true for everyone. And don't feel sad. I mean, I, I will openly say I've used antidepressants in the past and, and it was a necessary thing. 
Well, and by doing all the things, I don't mean to put pressure on anyone that feels like they need all the things. It actually means support yourself in every way you can, including sometimes doing opposite action. Like, I don't feel like taking a shower, but I know a shower would be good for me, so I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I mean, just some some things are that simple. Uh I think that's a big one if you're depressed. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if you don't fill up to a big hard workout, maybe that's not even really what's best for your body. Just put on your walking shoes and just take a simple walk, even if it's slow. One thing my former therapist told me when I was working with her, um, she said, you know, if you're, if you're having a hard time exercising, here's what you got to do set up a a time with yourself, an appointment with yourself to do it, and then don't sit there and talk yourself out of it. Just put on your shoes and go. Don't think about it. Don't rethink it. You know, and of course, there are moments you have to rethink it. If you wake up and you've got an enormous head cold, that's not the best time to do 30 minutes on the treadmill. But, uh, you know, barring something like that, you just, you don't think about it. You pick up your shoes, you go, and you're going to be glad you did. Yeah. And lately, even when we get a little under the weather, as long as it's not like horribly severe, we go anyway and just do a little lighter or even maybe a lot lighter. Right. Yeah. Because that's like a commitment we've made to ourselves. Right. Um, And don't go lighter unless you need to. Well, our commitments are different. Um, Mine is to get to the gym twice a week, and I've been doing it for months, and it feels really good. And what's funny is when I committed to three times a week, I never went. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to find that happy spot where it's a minimum requirement that you absolutely always do that you know you can keep up with long term. Anyway, that's, uh, I mean, a little more to like a a health um, session, and that's not exactly what this is about. But... Um, but that is elevating. It is. It is. It's totally elevating. And when we can keep our commitments to ourselves, I think that's an elevating thing also. Right. So um, there are a lot of things, clearly, that we can do intentionally to shift the way we feel. Um, sometimes it might, yeah, like we've talked about, it might require opposite action, doing the thing we don't feel inclined to do that we know will help us feel better. Um <clears throat> Besides taking a shower, if you're feeling depressed, it could be like going to a party if you're feeling lonely. I mean, the sometimes we let our feelings rule us instead of choosing to do something that helps us feel better. Right. Um, another effective strategy for elevating emotion is the, using the emotional freedom technique. Um, it's also known as EFT. And... F- on this podcast, we can't really effectively demonstrate it. You'd need a visual, but you can look up EFT. There are lots of free tutorials online, and you'll find that it's simply working through your emotions while tapping on meridian points in your body to release the negative and then tap in all your positive reframes. And I use that a lot when I was processing my divorce, and I found it to be very helpful, and I still just know how to do it because I learned how to do it. And now it just kind of comes back to me if I realize, oh yeah, I need to process something. Did you learn this from Carol Tuttle? Uh, No, I think. uh, She does advocate that, but. um, 
I might have heard of it through that energy healing work that I'd done. Like I, I took her chakra healing course and um, soul print healing course as well. But um, EFT, I don't know. I don't know how I came across it, but it's it's good. I it's um, it is kind of like energy work, but it helps. I put it under the elevating emotion section because I really do think it can help us work through those hard emotions and get them out of our bodies. Like, um, you know, we would have to do EMDR if we went to a therapist, but EFT is kind of something you do on your own. And speaking of which EMDR is also really good for processing emotion that's really stuck, like really, really stuck. And if you find a therapist who has that credential, um, they can really help work through anything that's stuck in your body and causing havoc in your relationships and in your life. And Jeff and I feel like it's the best marriage therapy we ever did, even though we didn't go together. Right. <laughs> because all of a sudden, everything we couldn't talk about because we were so traumatized from previous marriages, all of a sudden we could talk about. So EMDR is great. And I also have found that bilateral stimulation, um, they have like podcasts on it on uh, Spotify. And you can just bilaterally stimulate your mind. And apparently, the if you, you want to go faster than 60 beats per minute, if you want to um, <clears throat> process something you're upset about. Right. And you want to go slower than 60 beats per minute if you want it to be more relaxing. Right. Um, and then walking is bilateral stimulation. So... I've actually started listening to the bilateral stimulation while I walk so that I'm getting both and my mind can just process whatever it needs to process. Right. So I didn't know that that's something you can kind of do on your own also. Um, and EMDR is kind of helping you process like REM sleep would your subconscious. And so it's basically something you can also help yourself do, help your body do. Um, so there's a little tip if you like walking and you got some headphones. Right. So elevating energy. Let's let's move into that. <clears throat> Again, I think that a lot of what we talked about for emotion applies to both because um, <clears throat> energy is, let's see, no. Emotion is energy in motion, right? right? Emotion. Yeah. Um, so, but there's energy work, like an effective energy work, like chakra healing, Reiki, Jinshin Jitsu is another one I've been doing the last couple of years. Um, the kind of work, let's see, let me, let me think, hang on. So all of the stuff that can in and of itself raise vibration um, is going to elevate our energy. And one technique I like to teach my clients is the, are the spinal flushes and zip-ups. So you go from your neck down to your tailbone, and it's, it's actually better to do on a partner or have a partner do on you. I shouldn't say better. It's not better. It's just more comfortable. <laughs> but... Um, you if you, you can swipe down with one arm and then basically swipe the rest of the way with the other and it's okay if they don't hook up exactly it, it still works and every time you're feeling just kind of emotionally overwhelmed 
or even just energetically kind of heavy or like you've been bombarded all day for all those empaths that might be listening. Um, I, I know I have some empathic tendencies myself to pick up other people's energy. I mean, I think we all are affected by it, but some of us more than others. Anyway, spinal flushes are great to just kind of reset your body. And then you zip up the front um, from your root chakra, like basically the foundation of your torso, all the way up the front like a zipper to your lower lip. And then you go from your tailbone up your back and over your head to your upper lip. And that zip up, it puts you in this like energetic bubble. So that's really great if you're going to be going into a situation that you're just really like nervous about. Which I frequently do. <laughs> you, you do do those zip-ups? Well, I frequently then... do go into situations where I'm nervous. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So Whether I'm appearing in court or going into a coaching session, you know, there there's frequently... So that little quick bathroom visit and doing right. this in the stall, like in privacy, um, would be great. Um, if you don't have the time to do that, you can do it in your mind also. That's actually can be pretty effective. So, uh, there's, there's that the spinal flush and zip ups. And if, you know, if you come to us for coaching, I can show you, you know, more about that. If you, um, aren't quite understanding from the podcast, but this is, that's about the best way I know how to explain it. Um, it, yeah, it can be super helpful when you're navigating tricky situations like former spouses, former in-laws, custody exchanges, you know, all the things. I think it may have some effect to in um, impressing upon our minds that we're safe and protected. Yes, yes. And it, it, it physically has, it, it physically shifts you. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes it easier to think elevating thoughts and feel elevated feelings. Right. Um, and one <laughs> other thing I'm just going to add to that, and I know this is going going back to sort of the Sunday school answers, but uh, praying before you go into a situation that you know is going to be tense and even praying for the ability to give the other person grace um, would be you know, would be really helpful. Oh yeah. I love that. Add the spirit to it for sure. Right. All right. So any kind of energetic black holes that are based on trauma from the past can be released through therapy and particularly EMDR. Like we said, if you can find a therapist who has that specialty of EMDR training, uh, energy tends to be stored in the subconscious. It's fairly difficult to release on our own without assistance at times when it's like really, really stuck. Um, But as we talked about, there are things we can do and, and even REM sleep and spiritual assistance with prayer can be helpful. Um, And in addition to good energy healing techniques. Yeah. And I want to say here too, um, uh, if you are going uh, round and round in your thoughts, if you have these repetitive thought patterns and they're causing you anxiety and you've tried to stop and you can't, uh, or, or you've, you find that this is ongoing for a long period of time and you can't seem to adjust to a more positive way of thinking, 
you know, come in and get some coaching with us. We've got tools that can help you interrupt and break that pattern. Uh, but you're not going to be able to do it. If you're that stuck, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Well, and we're going to help give you the gift of elevated stories. Because, right. And it's one of the best gifts we can give ourselves and others. But if because, you're really stuck, you're not going to be able to see outside that bubble. Oh, yeah. No, we and, and in fact, getting those new thoughts is going to feel really refreshing. Even if at first your mind might be like, do I really want to believe that? Do I really think I could? could? Well, your mind Look. is hanging on to it because it thinks it's protecting you in some way. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say <clears throat> if you're really stuck, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. You need a third party to to help you. And that there's no shame in that. I mean, I've needed a third party to help me before. Well, and we try, so, we, we try to use the spirit in our coaching as well. Um, because sometimes we can, we might think to say something and then it really resonates with a client. And when it resonates, then your body, like moving through your next week or month, however long between intervals um, that we see you, you're, you're going to start noticing in what ways that statement is true in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to start to believe it when it, when, when you're looking for that evidence. Right. Um, because you're going to see, start seeing it rather than just having someone give you the thought it's going to start becoming your thought. Right. And we're not suggesting that if you come get some help in coaching, that there won't be a point when you can kind of take it from there or, you know, we think it's probably ideal that you always have a coach, but uh, we're not suggesting that that's, that that's a mandatory thing or that you go once and you're going to need to go to coaching forever. That that's not the, the idea. Um, I do have a chiropractor and I go every couple weeks. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever want to be able without a coach again. I think I always want to be doing this work and having some assistance with it because I want to live my best life. Just like people come to me to learn violin, life never stops and life is everything. It's not just one thing. And so to have a coach for life and relationships, is I think it's crucial for me. Um, maybe that's not for everyone. Some people will come and then they'll feel like they got what they needed and they'll go and some people stay long-term and, and both are good. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I actually have a, a client that's a therapist who says that they never want to, they think I'll probably always be their coach. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I also have a, a, a coaching client who's a therapist who really loves what we do. And I, I just think that's a testament of the power of coaching that therapists who are, I mean, who have a lot, lot, lot of training and have a lot more skills than we do. I mean, I think that we, we do a lot of what therapists do, but we don't do therapy and they have, it's kind of like, we can do some of what they do and, and a lot of it's really, really important. In fact, I think it's a good majority of what they do, but it's we can not. Do, yeah. We can help a lot with thought work and, and elevating emotions and all of that. Well, and, and also listening to, and, and being able to 
you know, because, you know, talk therapy can be really important, especially when someone is really listening intently for the purpose of supporting you. Right. If um, you have serious trauma, you need to see a trauma therapist. I mean, we're yeah, not going to We're going to always root for you if it's not something we can, we think we can handle. I mean, heck, my daughter-in-law is a great trauma therapist. <laughs> we, but you know, I've referred people to her before. Anyway, why, why digress? Anyway, yeah. we, um, I think that, I guess what I'm saying is that it's, I feel, I feels really good that therapists would find us as life coaches beneficial in their personal lives. Right. Um, and that's really cool. Like, but I mean, they get, <laughs> they get stuck too, you know, in their own. I mean, well, as do we, I mean, sure. we have this conversation all the time. We're like, how can we be life coaches if we sometimes have problems with our own stories? And, um, of course we're just always a work in progress. That's, that's the thing. And, um, and, oh, I just, something I wanted to point out is that we might offer other like thoughts and stories outside of the circle you might be stuck in, but we always ask a lot of questions that help you come to your own conclusions and find your own wise answers and help you determine what the next steps are to get where you want to go. Yeah. We'll offer thoughts. We'll ask questions and all that with the end goal of helping you to find a story that you can believe that is more elevating. Yeah. And I mean, that's not the only thing we do, but that's a big, that's a big important tool. And like I said, if you're really stuck, you're not going to be able to do that all by yourself at first. Well, and um, while we're on the subject, I just wanted to let people know that moving into this new year, we are offering free discovery calls. So if you've never done any coaching with us, we invite you to email us at loveinlateryears at gmail.com and, and set up an appointment. It's free. And right. we'll just chat with you for about 15 to 20 minutes about your life and your goals and we'll see where you're at and what you want to do. And, you know, we'll give you pricing options and all the stuff. And then also our groups, um, my Lily ladies group and Jeff's uh, Knights of the Lily group. Um, they're only $50 a month to be members like long-term and even less. So to try, that's only $10 to try your first time. So um, that's another thing we'd encourage you to do is just to reach out and or find out when the next meeting is and and send in ten bucks and you'll you'll be in for that meeting and you'll see the magic. Yep, we're grateful that you're uh, part of this podcast and and hope that it is helping to elevate you. Um, and to just uh, wrap up this conversation, I I wanted to to just kind of finish with this new thought that came to me actually in my own coaching group. Um, in the FCBO model is the word see. And when our emotions and our energy vibration are elevated, we are more effective in shifting our stories and vice versa. When our stories are elevating us, then our emotions and energy are higher vibration, right? Yep. So um, when we choose to see and be aware of the stories we're telling with curiosity and compassion for ourselves, when we choose to see and be aware of the energy vibration that we're carrying and the emotions we are feeling, we're more able to be intentional about what we're creating with all three. And I really love that see 
is the symbiotic relationship between stories, emotion, and energy. Because right. that awareness, that curious awareness, w- along with the compassion, um, because sometimes when we start to see the way we're affecting ourselves, we can get uh, judgy with ourselves about it. And we can maybe even do harm. So we have to make sure it always comes with compassion, always with self-love and always with a sense of, okay, yep, I can see, I can see the way in which I've been negatively impacting the way I'm feeling, the way that I am presenting myself in life and the way I'm showing up and what I'm creating. Um, and, and just to, because uh, when we can accept that responsibility and that accountability, all of a sudden we have power. So, um, emotion and energetic state, what creates it? Well, um, work on noticing your feelings, naming them, allowing them and notice the vibration you're carrying throughout each day. Um, use some of the suggestions we gave on raising vibration and elevating your emotion and see how that affects the stories you're telling. And remember that any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Please share LilyPod with those you love who could benefit from what we share here. We invite you to sign up for our Elevating Weekly Lily Letter, subscribe to LilyTube, and enjoy other life-affirming content at loveinlateryears.com. Email us to request a free 15-minute Lily Coaching Discovery Call. We are here to support you.